Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? You think that there's a good chance, I suspect, that Antonio Conte is the man. Tottenham finished second. Ooh. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Well, in many ways, it was a story of the two big money signings of the summer for Liverpool and Man City at the weekend. Very unusual. The game played at Leicester's King Power Stadium on Saturday evening. Liverpool coming out on top by three goals to one. Darwin Nunes taking his chance when he came off the bench also won a penalty while Erling Haaland fluffed his chances at the other end for City. So the first piece of silverware going to Liverpool. First time they've lifted the Community Shield since 2006. Delighted to say that we've got former Republic of Ireland and Liverpool defender Mark Lawrence with us to look back at the game. Mark, how are you getting on this morning? Um, all good, thank you very much. You? Kind of a, a little bit unusual watching the Community Shield on Saturday. The fact it was away from Wembley, the time that it was mm. moved into. Obviously, we had a national anthem which just about got in under the booze before the game actually started. Uh, but the game itself, I thought Liverpool played pretty well. Yeah, they did. I mean, you know, Klopp still very much looked at these games and, it, and it's just training. And it's as much as possible, it's as near a competitive game you can get in terms of pre-season. And you know, this, this was all, always called the Charity Shield, which and the whole idea about this was the fact that, you know, the two teams that played at Wembley, obviously the Cup winners and, and the league winners, raised all this money for charity. So, um, and it's been slightly devalued over the years with, with you know, the Premier League, etc. But it's, from the players' point of view, I mean, he'll, be, he'll still be training them hard this week, Klopp. They played a, a game the next day, which was most of the kids against, I think, a team from, from Austria. But he's just, <clears throat> excuse, excuse me, come off the back of them beating Austria and, and he, he has triple sessions. This is, this is the big, that kind of last week, 10 days, um, is the big sort of push in terms of fitness. And, you know, this is preparing them, not, not for the first game of the season, this is preparing all these players for the season. Um, he's always done this since he came to the club and, because of the way they play with the intensity, etc., it's it's you know it's just so so important to him. And yeah, they'll be they'll be, be delighted that they've won it, but he, he won't be singing about it, will he? No, no. I think he um, made a very telling comment in Austria last week when he was asked about this game, and he said, "Look, you win the Community Shield, it's great. You lose, it's no big deal." I think that's no. the way most people probably look at it when the uh, season is coming around. Well, may- yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is, I think we used to share it if we drew. Yeah. No, it's penalties because so, I mean, you have well, a spectacle, so that, yeah. that, that tells you everything you need to know. Well, well done, boys. Go home and start the season next week with no trophies. It probably the unusual nature of it as well. I know the impact of Wembley being in use on Sunday moved the game to the mm. King Power, but uh, you made a very good point that a lot of teams last weekend played two friendlies on the Saturday and Sunday. So you're just trying to get that work in, but everything's kind of been front loaded for the start of this year. Premier League starts this Friday and there's a lot of games to be played before they break off for the World Cup. I mean, we're heading into the most unusual of campaigns, Mark. Yeah. Um, well, unprecedented, isn't it? So, in, you know, in terms of the managers, as, as much as they think they've got the planning right, who knows? I mean, they'll be delighted, all, all the top managers, if, if, you know, quite a few of their players actually aren't in the World Cup. Um, so, therefore, they can't get injured. So, so that will be good. And maybe, maybe you know, it might change their thinking insofar as, look, we can really go hell for leather from the first game until whenever they stop and take the break for the World Cup. And, um, you know, the ones who aren't 
involved in it can just kind of get the feet up for a little while and push on again then in terms of the second half of the season. So it is unprecedented, but it, it is what it is and it's the same for everybody. How close, Bart, do you think that the Liverpool team will be to the team he plays? Obviously, um, with the exception of Adrian, but that outfield 10 that he picked, how close is that? Um, I think it's probably almost there. I, um, I remember seeing Nunes in the two games that... Uh, Liverpool played against Benfica in the in the Champions League, and certainly in the return leg at, at Anfield, he, he roasted them. He roasted the two centre backs. I don't think Van Dijk played. It might have been Matip and um, and the other guy uh, whose name Gomez escaped. maybe. No, it wasn't Gomez. It was. Canate. Can- yes, Canate. 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 Yeah. Canate. I'm not going to say Kante. What the hell are you about? <laughs> um, Canate and honestly could have had four or five goals and I think that they'd already decided that they wanted him anyway and I know I heard before they were saying, you were saying something about the fact that how sharp Salah looked well he's probably got 375,000 reasons every week why he's looking really sharp isn't he but you know they've lost Mane but are they really going to miss him I mean Firmino as well if he can stay fit I mean he's just got such competition for places but it's, it's this searing pace that the three of them have got, um, which obviously will frighten so many teams. And I, and I know there's always going to be a comparison between Nunes and, and Haaland, but they're completely different players. Um, I think that in terms of Haaland as well, if we can just go on about that, is that it's, he, needs, he needs a lot of grass sort of to run onto. He's, he's not like you can't really knock it up to him and hold it. He's very much, he runs on to everything and he's a different style of player. I mean, he's going to score loads and loads of goals. Whether whether that changes the way City play and whether that makes maybe even gives them a little bit of a hiccup, I think it's a worry for, uh, for Pep Guardiola. And don't forget, these, these teams just virtually win every single game. So, you know, like last year, obviously, um, Liverpool were a few games behind them and, and City had all those points, but Liverpool, <coughs> excuse me, almost caught them. I wonder whether it might be the other way around this season. Be- yeah. Before we get to sorry, before we get to Haaland, I think you're, you're raising a, a really, really compelling point there, Laurel. But if do you think they're going to be like roughly Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago with that front three? I mean, how ex- how exciting is that to watch that team? Their two fullbacks are effectively wingers, so you have oh, yeah. two centre backs, Fabinho to an extent, load of attacking players. Yeah, well, with Fabinho, Fabinho makes them three centre backs. He just he just sits in front of the other two and. He's the kind of, he just sits there watching when they go forward and, and tries, if there are any fires to put out, he puts fires out, basically. That's that's what he does. But he's also, you know, a really good player in, in, in his own right in terms of passing, etc. So uh, they won't change. It's just the way that they are. But I think, you know, we saw last season as well that Thiago was an absolute revelation. And the number of times I've come on this programme and just gone, you know, I just think, I think he's brilliant. I can just watch him play on his own. He's just sensational. He sees things in games that other players, other mortals don't see at all. And it's a very, very important if they keep him fit. And I think also Klopp's not gambling, but hopefully he's, he's probably thinking some of the younger players who were in and out of, this, of the squad last year, he's probably thinking that they should kick on as well this season. By far and away, you know, themselves and City got the two outs. Well, they're the two best clubs in the world at the moment. It'd be interesting to see what Madrid and, and, uh, and Barcelona are like this season. But most, most definitely, these are the two best teams in the world. And 
it's shown week in, week out. So we've seen the debate about City not having a number nine at all. And now Haaland, to me, I, I, I see where you're coming from here. I'm not, like, what a footballer, what a, you know, a bubble of energy and aggression yeah. and goals. But is, is he a City player in, in those nitty gritty moments? Well, well, we'll we'll soon find out. That's the thing. And I mean, if you know, the manager's very, very clever, Guardiola, and, and he'll have, they'll have studied him like everybody. But um, you just wonder, you just wonder with City with him, whether whether the kind of the, the players from midfield going forward might have a little bit too many touches for him, if that makes any any um, sense. You know, rather than getting a head up and like trying to pass him in straight away. I'm, Sometimes they play a little bit tippy tappy football, and um, be interesting to see, won't it? And, but you know, you feel you feel for him, don't you? I mean, you missed a couple of chances on Saturday, and it's like, oh, they spent all that money on this fella, and you know, he, he didn't miss this, and he did, and it's like, oh my god, the pressure's nuts, isn't it? It's absolutely crazy. It's mad. Pep has played with two number nines that are kind of similar to Erling Haaland in Zlatan when he brought him to Barcelona and that didn't 100% work stylistically and they were only getting used to each other. anyway. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then he left and we all read about what Zlatan had to say about Pep in his book. And then he had Lewandowski at Bayern Munich which was slightly different because they had more pure wingers that were creating chances for him and played to his strengths. There were times when Haaland was making those runs at the weekend, Mark, and things got slowed up a little bit midfield and Grealish took a lot of touches over on the left-hand side. To me, it seems almost unusual that they let Raheem Sterling leave when they were bringing in Haaland because he's the type of player who could have created the space and actually had the trickery to create chances for him. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one with, with Sterling, isn't it? Because um, every time you see him play, he, just, he causes major, major problems. But the thing is, you know, these managers see these players day in, day out, and there is something in the way that Sterling played, that obviously Guardiola thought, well, you know what, we get big money for him, we, we can let him go. So, um, and I don't, I don't think it's an attitude thing with him because every time he plays, he, he, or he gave of his best at City. But, um, you know, it's one of those, with, with Haaland, is, is, can somebody in midfield get the head up? Well, it, it, De Bruyne obviously is the person. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe the whole thing about this is not just Haaland, it's like De Bruyne... Being in, you know, the I don't know the the, the what they call it in um, American football, obviously quarterback. Just, just the quarterback. Mm. That I think that's what he's probably looking at. Think saying to him who who the thing about De Bruyne, I mean, he worked extremely hard, but he's allowed to play all over the pitch. And I think the idea, generally, I would have thought would be he gets on the ball, he has one touch, takes it out with his feet, and then he's, he's trying to play it through for Haaland. Look, if if he gets it right. Holland will score 35, 40 goals, but it's a big if. The other players that have been sold, you mentioned Sterling going to Chelsea. Does it speak about City or maybe the way they don't look at some teams as rivals, where Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko are allowed to go to Arsenal, Sterling is allowed to go to Chelsea. Is yeah. that a case of just City don't see them as rivals whatsoever? Yeah. Yeah. So that they, they've they just decided, you know, Man City have just decided that good players that they are, they're not good enough for Manchester City. And, you know, there's a question, there's a question mark about Jesus most, most definitely because all of a sudden, being in and out of the team a little bit at City, you know, is it, it will be Arsenal's number nine and the pre- the pressure is on him. So, uh, you know, let, let's see what he does. I mean, obviously players do get better and they, and they do improve. But um, And I think, you know, it's like 
the thing for City is find another left back every year, isn't it? They've, they've had that many. Um, and I think that's probably not, it's not a weak link because they just, they win everything, but it's, it's a position, a position where he wishes he had, the manager wishes he, he has or had a better selection for that particular position for me. Yeah, um, Joe Gonzalez is, is a good player, but he had real problems with Salah at the weekend. Mm. And yeah. That's yeah. the worry. Yeah, well, it, it, it is the worry then. But then, it, you know, you know, the manager might say, Guardiola might say, but hold on, generally in games, and nearly every single game they play, they have more possession. So um, maybe maybe not as bad. But it's, 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 it's a position I don't think they've ever really filled. Everyone knows who City's right back is every single week. Um, but generally, the left back, it, it, could, it could be anybody. I just like it's it's hard to believe it's coming uh, around so quickly. Like Manchester Manchester City are strong, strong favourites. Liverpool are nowhere near them in terms of the betting. Is it is it closer than that, Mark? I, I just I don't see much between the two, and I think Liverpool, in some respects, they have the advantage of the the hurt from last year, if you want to call it that, and the feeling that they they can actually do this and City have made changes Liverpool has been a bit more seamless I see this being really really close I don't know what you think yeah, I, just, I think just the same as last year I would, I would just have but I would have City's narrow favourites because you know if you look at the game as well towards the end of last season when they really needed to win in, in the big moments they came through mm. um, you know and Liverpool obviously chased which is always always easier because you know the, the guys in front you're always looking over your shoulder and you only need one or two saying oh, hold on a minute we might get caught but yeah I think it, I just think it's very 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 close and look you know <clears throat> what happens if De Bruyne gets injured for four months that I think that's you know the big thing from City's point of view who's going to play in this position well you'll argue there's no one in the world at the moment who's, who's capable of, of playing in that position and running the team and working hard and you know making all the assists and scoring lots of goals, so it, it remains to be seen, doesn't it? And also, you know, the effect of <clears throat> excuse me, the effect of the World Cup. Um, you know, if, if Belgium go all the way, um, what will what will De Bruyne be like for the last four or five months of the league season? It's far better cracking the championship anyway. What about Preston and this Irish contingent? We're all over them this year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, although we did on we did our normal on Saturday, which was I think we had about three or four chances and couldn't score. But um, yeah, no, it's good, it's great. <clears throat> um, but I don't. <clears throat> I mean, look at looking at the championship this year and, and la- last year. Actually, I think was the word was the, in terms of looking at the teams in the championship. It was probably one of the lowest rated. I would have thought there was, there was so many teams that at some stage could have. Obviously, got promotion. I mean, the likes of Huddersfield, etc., were up there for ages and ages. And I seen them a couple of times, and, and they were just ordinary. So, um, but you think then your own team's got a better chance? But I don't think we finished in terms of signings, Preston. But we're never ever ever going to go mad with with uh, players, and we tend generally to get people on loan, which of course effectively for, for Nottingham Forest last year got them up. Um, just hopefully that we can do the same. But we've lost our benefactor. Um, who died unfortunately? Trevor, yeah, Trevor, Trevor Hemmings. So, and he's one of his sons, Craig, is 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 um is the chairman. But Peter Ridsdale runs the whole outfit. And by the way, the, the much maligned Peter Ridsdale um, has done a fab job at Preston, an absolutely fabulous job in terms of getting players in, cutting the wage bill and everything, but being very very competitive. But we just 
we don't score enough goals, unfortunately. If we can solve that this year, we won't be far away from the playoffs. I'd much prefer a sporting team like that than just to a team that was embraced by this massive sugar daddy and just threw money at it. And Preston, if Parrot has, and this is the thing, Will, can he make that step up? He was comfortable at League One level. Like uh, to be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't really expecting Spurs to back him as they have. Can he make that? That get, like the championship is so. This is there with the backing as well, John, about how much this is about Spurs protecting his value, especially because mm. he's playing international football, mm. and how much of it is they genuinely believe the soundings about Harry Kane had a slow start to his career. He was out on loan for quite a while, and then things exploded for him. I, I do see some comparisons between Kane and Paris, um, Laurel, because like Paris, not well, they, bo- they both wear football boots. They bo- well. <coughs> Parrot ha- actually has a star quality about him. In, in, I, I see that in him. He just—he's not blessed with amazing pace, which he probably no. did when he was younger. He was probably quicker than the players around him. He's struggled to adapt to the fact that he's not quicker than centre defenders anymore. So, will he be able to make that step up and get succeed? If Parrot has a good season, Preston are one hundred percent on the cusp of the cusp of the playoffs. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, you can't. You know. Comparing him to, to Harry Kane is, is like, you, you just can't. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, he's like le- levels, not one level, but levels yeah. above him. But um, he'll get, you know, he get loads of chances at Preston, not just obviously chances in terms of scoring goals, but in, in being in the team. Um, and they've got a young manager there who, uh, Lowe, who, who basically was a, you know, was a striker himself. So he's very much the fact that, you know, we, he'll be trying to get the best out of him. It's a good it's a good deal for him. Do you ever see him going on to play for Tottenham on a regular basis? No, I, I, I don't think I don't think he has. And if you look at the players that Conti's brought in as well, you just don't you can't see where he's ever going to fit in. To be honest with you, it's a fantastic move for him. Like fantastic move, one hundred percent. Yeah, this is exactly. Yeah, the move and it, you know what? He'll be loved there. I mean, you know, obviously, I I, I try and watch and go to as many games as possible. And the, the thing about there is is is. If you play for Preston, as long as you give 100% week in, week out, they can forgive little things like maybe you're not quite quick enough, maybe your touch is brilliant. And, you know, it's like it's like a northern town and it's, it's, mm. it's a little bit dour, but it's like, you know, you go to work and you work hard and you get paid and that's, that's what the supporters are like. But if they happen to get it going, it's also, um, you know, it's a great stadium as well now. Due to the, obviously to, to Trevor, etc., and it's it's quite intimidating for the opposition when it's full. But unfortunately, it's not full too many times. Although this season, uh, we've got what eight local derbies, so that that'll also be interesting as well. With Burnley and Blackpool and Blackburn and Wigan, so um, that might help us a little bit, hopefully. Yeah, um, Raid Weaver is watching from LA of all places. Eight hours behind, uh, hours half one, well, half twelve at night in LA. Not a bad place to be watching OTBM this morning. Uh, ask Laura, what do you think about Lin- Lingard going to Forest? It's that one-year deal that Jesse Lingard has taken to go to Nottingham Forest. They're paying him a lot of money to uh, potentially try and turn things around for them this season. Fortunes, absolute fortunes, because you know my relationship with with, with, with David Moyes, and and they wanted him. But Moise is very much of you know yeah you can you can give somebody so much money but at times it's become ridiculous and, and and they pulled out and you know what was really really interesting about that when when Lingard was there in COVID he was brilliant mm. it was nothing short of brilliant and uh, you know some of the goals and assists and all those kind of things but I remember I remember Moise, uh, uh, David Moise saying to me he said the only problem is he said. 
we think he's a lad who likes a night out. And I went, well, yeah, okay. He said, but if you think about it, in COVID, he couldn't go out. And he said he'd stay on in training and all those kind of things. And I'm just a little bit worried if he's gone to Forest for a year, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'll be looking at him and thinking, does he really want to be here? Yeah, I'd question his career choices too as well, Mark. If if West Ham were interested, and it seemed they were back in January, they were probably interested this summer and signed them on a free transfer if the deal made sense for both sides. As opposed to scrapping at the bottom of the Premier League, he could have went to a West Ham team who've had a couple of good seasons back-to-back. He plays well. He could have put himself back in the picture for the World Cup squad. He was very close to being in the Euro squad last year. Yeah, but doesn't that tell you everything about him? You yeah. know, go, go go and play for Forest, and you're going to scrap every week. And listen, got a good manager. Um, you know, spent a lot of money. Um, but w- will he will he get the support? Will he get the opportunities? Will he get the opportunities in terms of playing? But in terms of chances, and I'm just a, I look at a player like that, and I just think, you know what? Why is he gone there? As he, as he just the pound signs are like wow, and he's made he's you know he's made for the rest of his life. I'm just a little bit worried with with, with stuff like that. I mean, there's nothing better than, than than hungry players. And you know, I was talking to you before about De Bruyne. I mean, how hungry is he? Mm. Um, you know, and I just you think one year, and obviously he's getting bundles, and his his agents will get bundles as well. But um, no, I think it might all end in tears. I hope I'm wrong, but I think it might all end in tears there a little bit. Six months' time, maybe thinking about his next contract as well. That's the killer well, for Forrest if he starts well. Um, another one, Laura, I was just thinking in this very chair at the weekend, John Duggan made the prediction that Spurs are going to split the top two. He thinks his <laughs> club are going to finish ahead of Liverpool. Now, Spurs have recruited well, but do you think yeah. Spurs can finish ahead of Liverpool? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, I think I'm probably on with him at the weekend. Good old John. Um, no, I, do, I, I don't. I think they will be obviously a lot better. A lot more competitive. I don't think you'll see, you know, going to the likes of Burnley on a wet, wet Tuesday night and getting beat 1-0 and those kind of results. I think they will definitely improve on that. But look, the two teams are just, they're machines. They really seriously are just machines. And I, and I, I think there's got a really good chance Tottenham are finishing third. But in terms of points, I think they'd be quite a distance away from the top two. Well, look, feel free to argue with John at the weekend on OTB on Saturday. Laura, thanks a million for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you. OTB AM With Gillette Get into your flow With the new Gillette Labs Razor With exfoliating bar 